These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. In Spring Branch, we speak more than 145 different languages, and that diversity translates into a thriving economy. Our district's a melting pot. It's a great place to find the staff you need. Spring Branch is working for business. Yours. Find out more at spmd.org. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. My name's Rebecca Schutz, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. I'm here with Nancy Sarnoff. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Rebecca. Today we have something of a looped in on the road, or sort of on the plane, because Nancy <laughs> is phoning in from Canada, and she has some big news. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Do you want to share your news? Yes. I moved to Canada. Yeah, I am in Toronto, Canada right now. My last day at the Chronicle was Friday, December 18th, and I am on a a new life path, and I moved to Toronto with my family. We have sort of brainstormed, racked our brains for ways to break this news to people, because I think to some people it seems so abrupt, and sometimes people think you're joking. So we really thought a lot (laughs) about what to do for this episode of Looped In, At first, we thought it'd be like fun to do a Canada Day in Houston. I even asked a real Canadian what the most Canadian thing (laughs) to do in Houston is. And he said the answer is the Maple Leaf Pub. Even that's less Canadian than usual because there's no hockey. I decided to do something else, which is a little bit of a surprise. And instead of bringing Canada to Houston, we're bringing a little bit of Houston to keep Nancy company in Canada during her quarantine. To bring all of us a little sneak peek behind the scenes of Looped In. (laughs) So let me take you back to the day Looped In was conceived. It started with dinner and a movie. No, it started with real estate (laughs) gossip and a shared love of reality TV. When I joined real estate with Nancy, Nancy and I just became really good friends. (laughs) And we bonded over, you know, I would kind of walk over to her little pod and We'd talk about reality TV or other trash. We have really trash taste, real trash. And um, <laughs> Do you recognize that voice? Of course, that's Aaron. Yeah, that's Aaron Mulvaney, who started Looped In with you in 2016. Yes, yes. You know, I think we kind of regularly would just like chit chat. She kind of introduced me to a lot of the, the characters of the places around real estate to kind of get used to the beat and kind of understand the unique world that we were covering. So then there was one time when the Chronicle wanted to do podcasts. And so one day Nancy and I were talking, I I think about real estate. We were kind of like having a conversation. She goes, this should be a show. Like we're hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she said that, something like that. And our our boss at the time overheard it. He goes, I actually think that's a really good idea. So anyway, so I said, hold that thought. And I went into the other part of the newsroom and found Scott and said, hey, you want a guinea pig for your podcast project? That's their boss at the time, former deputy business editor Ronnie Crocker, referring to Scott Kingsley, who's now our podcast editor. 
I grabbed the microphone that he had and walked back and put it on the desk and go, you've got a podcast. So uh, uh, it, it really had that informal of a beginning. I mean, it wasn't some, you know, focus grouped <laughs> initiative. That's one of the great things about the Chronicle is they do allow people to experiment and try new things and come up with stuff on their own. But there was one thing that wasn't as easy as grabbing a microphone. If you don't remember, here's a little audio from 2016 when you're first thinking about doing a podcast. Anyway, first we need a name. What about Prime Property? That's the name of our real estate blog. It's a brand, people know it. It's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. But has it been overdone? Is it time for something new and fresh? It's over. Okay, let's think of something else. We struggled with the name for a while. And then we kept getting like stuck on a few. We just thought land ladies was like really funny. <laughs> and, and we were like, that's maybe that's it. You know, <laughs> and then I remember like we had just been throwing all these things out there like over a few days. And it was kind of fun, actually. And then kind of out of nowhere, Nancy like came in one morning and was like, I came up with it. And I was like, oh, what is it? And she was like, it's going to be hard to get used to, but let's call it The Houston Show. <laughs> and she just she just built it up. Well, I wonder if she remembers this. She built it up like it was the best idea. I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. What do you think now? About The Houston Show? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm kind of into it. <laughs> oh, God. The Houston Show. Well, I just keep thinking about landladies, actually. That is hilarious. That is, I mean, we should have done that. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> no. we didn't do that. <laughs> all right. I love that one. Yeah. So we all know how it turned out. The name's looped in. Uh, <laughs> but I want to fast forward to what other people thought. And I spoke to founder of the preservation group, historian James Glassman, to find out. And he told me right off the bat that he's a Nancy fan. Why do you think you're such a fan? I think it's her writing style. And she's got such a curiosity about how things work. And then we find out that she's got such a terrific voice for podcasting too. She truly does. She really does. I never thought about that, but boy, she sounds terrific. You can hear the warmth in her. I don't know if you get that reading her in the paper, but you certainly get that warmth and humor in listening to her tell a delightful story. And she brings it out in her guests too, or her co-hosts have it. She brought a sense of fun to the podcast. So it was really exciting to see what she would go chase after one week or the next. Laura Goldberg, the Chronicle business editor at the time, agreed. Nancy and Aaron would be like, oh, can we make something interesting for the podcast out of this topic? It seems dry and dull. But I, I do feel that they really always did that. Just you never, never quite knew what you were going to get. And I think that was part of the reason people enjoyed it. For the most part, she was like, this week we're going to talk about parking. Are you available? Yes, please. <laughs> this week, we're going to talk to the vice president of blowing things up. Come over. Yeah, great. Oh, my God. Was that Alan? Yeah. And do you know the episode he was talking about? <laughs> yes, of course. The Demo Man episode. That was so good. Yes, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, the guy from Cherry Demolition who basically blew up half of Houston. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when it was time, when it was due time. Right, right. I also tried to get Zoned Erotica to comment on your leaving Houston. That was an erotica store that used to have a location outside the Dillard's near 59 and 610, really close to our office. And it sparked many a conversation about Houston's lack of zoning. 
Basically, I called up one of the remaining locations and begged an employer over the phone to pass my message along to her manager, but uh, never got a call back. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably for the best, but wow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Zone D turned us down, but Tillman Fertitta, the billionaire owner of Landry's and the Rockets, whom Nancy has chronicled over the years, did have some thoughts to share. Hey, Nancy, we're going to miss you. Enjoyed working with you over the years. Nobody understood the city like you. You were our definite real estate guru, and nobody out there is going to be able to talk about business and real estate in Houston like you. We're going to miss you a lot. You are the unbelievable professional that you are, and good luck wherever you are. (laughs) Wow. I guess I didn't cover him hard enough. Or he's just really excited you're leaving. Yeah, that's probably (laughs) what it is. Wow, that is so funny. I mean, he's he's a busy guy. Like for him to take a moment out of his his day from running a gosh, a really struggling restaurant empire probably right now and being on CNBC every Tuesday. <laughs> I found one other person that I thought could be perfect for sharing some thoughts about your work. That's Larry Albert, founder of the now retired real estate news site Swamplot. <gasps> to me, Swamplot was just such a big source of news for people curious about Houston real estate. I still run into people who bring it up in conversations. And I thought as someone who's been thinking about and writing about real estate for so long, you would have a unique perspective about the Houston real estate information ecosystem and Nancy's role in it. Swamp Lot may have been a big source of news, but Nancy was a huge source of news for us. I was just looking through some of the Swamplot archives and there are 19 pages of results when you search for her name in our archives. (laughs) So one of the earliest posts I saw, Nancy had, this was back in 2008, I think. She had interviewed uh, someone who was coming up with street names. Mm. And Nancy's interview was pitched very directly. Here's an interview with somebody who comes up with street names in this particular area. It, It was hysterical what she came up with. But within the confines of a newspaper, there's only so much you can do to amplify what's funny. And when we posted about it, we amplified the funny parts. Do you remember any of the funny parts? Oh, sure. Nancy's story was called Moneymakers, Five Questions with Susan Vreeland Went. Pardon me if I've mispronounced that name. And that's a great headline for a story that had an interesting interview in it. But our story was called Why Those Street Names in the Woodlands All Sound Alike. And the story (laughs) consisted largely of a clip from Nancy's interview uh, Mm -hmm. where the woman said a lot of, I mean, I just quote her. She says, we use a lot of words that are just appealing, pretty images like peaceful canyon. That neighborhood sold really well. And I think it's because of the name. We even did radio commercials that played off the name and it really helped market the area. Others are Racing Cloud, Amber Glow and Destiny Cove. We even have ones from Star Wars. That day, I was really desperate. Nothing was popping into my head. We have lots of nautical names around Lake Woodlands, like Outriggers Run. And then we just have a small amount of commentary about this that, you know, she essentially confirms every cliche about the origins of subdivision street names, from the historical revisionism to the what I drank for dinner last night story. Um, I've been known to pour over wine bottles looking for inspiration. Anyway, Nancy <laughs> had all the content. It was just mm-hmm. Swamp Lot, which dove for the funny things in paragraph eight and Mm -hmm. pulled them to the top. As far as the ecosystem, 
it, it went both ways. In some instances, Swamplot would break a story. And the fact that we had a story online meant that that gave freedom to Nancy to say, hey, Swamplot has written about this. Um, likewise, we would we would be scanning the Chronicle for things that that we could amplify, and we you know we played off each other. Whether it was well, it, it certainly was never coordinated in any way. It's just it's just what happened. Thank you for sharing all this. I think it's super interesting. When I was reaching out to you about doing this, I thought the other sort of interesting perspective that you can give to Nancy that I don't think a lot of others can is after really building a community around Swamplot. You know, life takes you places. You came onto this podcast to talk about the difficult decision of moving on to new things, which is very similar to what Nancy's doing now. So I was just wondering if you had any perspective you wanted to share. Well, I'll just say this to Nancy. You've done it. You've produced a great body of work. You have a whole lot to be proud of. And it can be really exciting going off onto the next thing. Some of the community you built sort of like stays behind, you know, it keeps going. Absolutely. Nancy has become, well, nobody wants to be called an institution, but yes, Nancy, <laughs> you've become an institution. I think you're not the first to say that. <laughs> I'll make these small statements. What gets written about things affects how people perceive those things and how people perceive things affects how people act on those things. This is very vague, but what I'm saying is that over time, the way in which we address the built environment or write about real estate or all these things accrues to the attitude of people who make changes in the environment. And I think a lot of the changes that we've seen in Houston have come about largely because of the people who are doing things and, and making changes and looking at things in new ways. But the perspective is affected by what gets reported and how it gets reported and how people read back that reporting to themselves. So I think it's safe to say that Nancy has had a lasting impact on the built environment of Houston. Oh, wow. That was really nice. Oh my gosh. I remember you asked me for Larry's number, <laughs> like right before I left. Or <laughs> I tipped my hand a little bit because I had a hard time figuring out how to get in contact with him. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, huh, wonder, wonder what that's about. And I, I guess I meant to follow up with you, but I was in the middle of like moving to another country and I completely forgot. That is so great. And Larry was a, a great guest on Looped In. Gosh, people love that episode. People, including me, loved Swamplot. And it's, uh, yeah, that was, that was neat to, that was really cool to hear that. Well, we have one more thing before we wrap up. <gasps> oh my God. Hi. <laughs> Mulvaney. Wait, what? You're here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's here. She's here for a lightning round. Of course she is. Of course she is. Well, y'all, I, I know you dropped the lightning round. I, I'm okay with that, but I just wanted you to know that I know you dropped the lightning round. Gosh, I don't know what to say. First question, why did you drop the <laughs> <laughs> So we're ready for this. So lightning round, you have to answer your questions lightning fast. <laughs> this is Erin's baby. So I'll let her kick it off. Do we need to like do a lightning sound or something? Or I think you do. Aww. What is your favorite Houston building? Uh, 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 that is an easy one. I cannot believe it. It's not an easy one. <laughs> it is hard. Lightning fast. Look, look, look. I know I'm, I'm going against my rules, but... 
I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I have to, I have to say what everyone says. PP. I like Tim's oil too. But maybe I just feel like, I, I don't know. All right. M- go on. Move on. Yeah. I don't want to insult you, but I thought you'd be a Williams Tower kind of girl. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Favorite neighborhood park? No one's going to know it, but it's called Fidana's Park. And it's really not called Fidana's Park. It, it, we refer to it in our family as Fiona's Park because Fiona is a little dog that lived right adjacent to the park that when we had a, our little baby and we would take her there as a toddler, we found out the dog's name and it was Fiona and our daughter could not pronounce Fiona. So she pronounced it Fidana. And Aww. that park has always been known as Fidana's park. And it is near my old neighborhood in spring branch. Nice. But if I were going to recommend a park to someone, I would recommend um, the new section of Memorial. It's beautiful. Favorite thing to order at a Mexican restaurant? Guacamole. Favorite book by a Houston author? It's a reference book, but it's Stephen Fox's Houston Architecture Guide. I mean, it just was such a go-to book for me while I was in Houston and covering real estate, but so many other good ones. Okay. What is your favorite story that you covered at the Houston Chronicle? I think I would have to say that Ashby High Rise. Of course. I've never had a story go, well, it's been the longest running story, the longest running single real estate story, I think, um, in history. <laughs> Has Rebecca gotten a piece of it yet? No, not yet. But <laughs> when I moved here, people were like, you need to you need to get up to speed on the Ashby High Rise. Like people I knew who grew up in Houston. I'm sure that plot is still empty. Or I don't know, actually. You know, it's interesting because just before I left, I got a note from both the um, Ashby High Rise developers kind of saying goodbye. And I was like, what's up with the high rise? Are you ever going to build this thing? And um, I mean, I was like, have you sold it? Have you, what's, what's the deal? And they, they said, no, still uh, no news to share yet. (laughs) God, that is so wild. But anyway, Rebecca, I expect you to break that when it, when it happens, that will be a good scoop. That is so wild. Do you want to start off our outro? <gasps> yes, I could never get the outro right, but um, I'll give it a go this time. Now that okay. there's now that there's not the pressure, everyone. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this walk down memory lane. Thanks for everyone who has listened to Looped In since Aaron and I started it so many years ago, and everyone that will continue to listen to it as Rebecca takes the reins and makes it even better and yeah subscribe if you don't already and tell a friend yeah where can they find you nancy oh you can find me on facebook or twitter i am at and sarnoff and when you have a chance the loopies are coming up you can go to our twitters and find the link we want to hear about the best and worst of houston real estate in this memorable year thanks to all the guests Aaron Mulvaney, Ronnie Crocker, James Glassman, Laura Goldberg, Alan West, and Larry Albert. And of course, thank you to Tillman Fertitta. Thanks to our editors, Jonathan Diamond and Rob Gavin. Thanks to our podcast editor, Scott Kingsley. Thanks to Farrell Gibbs and his band, All the Komodos, for the music. And thank you to Leela Merrill, who was the one to eventually come up with the name Lupton. <laughs> you know where to find us. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me.